And hey. 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 Oh, there's a God. kid outside making the same noise. <laughs> hey. hey. Dude, I love this setup. I really do. This like Oh my god. It's I'm 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 getting close to what I have sort of dreamed and envisioned. Yeah. You know, this the the layout to be, you know? The work cave. The work cave is getting good. It's it getting looks there. it looks cool, man. I mean, I know that, you know, it's it's a work in progress, but that's a that's a cool little setup and will be made even cooler by a new toy. Oh my god, I can't believe I have to wait two weeks. Oh, two weeks. Two weeks is, is how long it takes, I guess. Mm. So what did you get? I yes, right for the for the audience. So yesterday I had a little bit of trouble with my X1 Carbon, my ThinkPad, um, that has been a, a a trusty steed for over a year now. I got it used, so it wasn't it wasn't new um, when I got it. But the uh, yesterday, <laughs> well, your stand your standards for. Uh for longevity yeah. or super low <laughs> yeah i know no it was several years old when i yeah. bought it um which is which is how i roll i buy a lot of used hardware you know no, I, mean, I mean you you should i mean you know yeah. depending on what you need it for that's not a bad thing to do no you save a lot of money by by um doing so but um it uh, had a little issue yesterday i walked away from my machine for a few minutes to um take a call and i got back to it and i noticed it was different it was boot looping uh, so and your lap laptop has abandonment issues yeah apparently it was um stuck and i was able to force it out of it by hard you know power cycling a couple of times and then it and it all kind of mm -hmm. figured itself out so that was um oh terrifying um <laughs> fully fully on the scale of terrifying so that night last night i went home and i finally pulled the trigger on a new laptop i've been circling around a, a new machine for a very long time doing my research colin and i went to micro center last week so i could put my hands on some and really compare you know feel what it, what these things you know were like in real life what the mm -hmm. keyboard was like what the hinge was like all of that stuff and so finally at long last after this several month long hemming and hawing <laughs> process i purchased a 2018 Dell XPS 13 Developer Edition. Ooh. This is the model that comes with the uh, i5, uh, 16 gigs of RAM, and a 256 gig M2 drive. Oh, dude. Nice. Yes. I, I am very excited about this. Um, I felt like the i7 wasn't worth the upgrade money. Um, personally, I didn't think that the 6% in performance gains was worth the three hundred fifty dollars yeah it yeah yeah it really depends on what you need it for um but even then it's like that that little bump yeah six percent's not that's not enough didn't to feel work. like quite enough you know? yeah so i i i ordered it in and sat on that purchase button Oh, for a good five minutes because you know i'm just such a new englander like if i, I okay I'm gonna say, oh, okay i mean 
that's Ooh, here, that's here we go. that's not a little bit of money. <laughs> no, but luckily yeah. there there was a there's a, a deal on Dell's business laptops right now, um, where you get an extra hundred dollars off if you spend a thousand. Oh, right. On. So I ended up getting it for eleven fifty, which oh, I thought cool. was pretty good. I thought that was pretty good. And um, it's the developer edition, so I saved $100 on a Windows license. Cool. Uh, and it comes with Ubuntu, which is perfect. Beautiful. So I'm pretty excited about that. Very I'm, cool. I'm really looking forward to it. And I'm sure I will tell all of you all of my thoughts and opinions on it when I get it in hand. But for now, I just have to wait. <laughs> Two weeks. <laughs> Two weeks. Two weeks. So hopefully my uh, X1 Carbon does not shit the bed between then and now. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> that would be a problem. Yeah, it would be no bueno. But that's exciting. I'm excited for you. Thanks, man. I it, It'll be different. I mean, this is one of the models that's all USB-C. Oh, interesting. Yep, two, two Thunderbolt ports and one normal USB-C 3.1 port. And it's... Um, it's going to be different. I actually did go ahead and order a couple of the dongles. Um, the USB-C to USB-A mm-hmm. dongles, figuring like... Probably I need... a good idea, yeah. Yeah, I wanted, you know, it comes with one, so I got an extra one just so that way I could have two, you know, what I will have to henceforth refer to as old school peripherals, which is just... Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> just crazy. <laughs> well, cool, man. That's exciting. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. And the dock. I got it. I got the dock. Oh, and I got it. I also ordered uh, a mechanical keyboard to go with it. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it 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 will be the uh, uh, shall we say the cherry switches on top of my um, <laughs> upgrade cake. Very nice. Uh, well done. Well done. <laughs> I've been saving that one. <laughs> This is Colin. And this is Chris. And like selling an old GPU for more money than you ever thought you were going to get for it, this is Shiny Podcast. Following the light and throwing a little shade on the newest and brightest in today's gaming and technology. Great tell. Did you do well on that? I did. So Chris was very kind enough to uh, to to donate a couple of his older GPUs uh, for the purpose of of selling, and one of them was a, a GTX 960. And I wound up uh, so I set it at a, at a kind of a lower auction um, price, and then a, a buy it now price, kind of thinking, yeah, you know, if somebody feels like it, but they're probably not going to. Um, so I set the the buy it now for for a hundred and. Some somebody was somebody was definitely willing to do it. Uh, I did not think I was going to get that much for that card. To, to be perfect, that's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. I guess the uh, GPU shortage is still real. Yes, for apparently, and I mean the the other one that you gave me the our uh, um, or rather the HD triple seven zero hasn't that sold, a but, but a lot of people are watching it. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think like ten people are watching it, and it has like. 60 views so um really yeah i know right <laughs> it's 
like, dude, that was like old when I bought it. I know, right? So, no, I mean, it's, uh, uh, yeah, I, I guess that well is still very dry, apparently. But we'll, we'll see if that one sells. But I was I was excited about the 960. That'll go into the, the rainy day technology fund should anything go horribly wrong during the spending embargo <laughs> that is coming up very soon. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, I'm very glad. That's a perfect place for those dollars. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So thank you. <laughs> no, you're very welcome, man. You've you've helped me out over the last year, but you know, also all of life. Uh, so much. It was the least I could do, and they they stayed were just sitting between my speakers, collecting dust, <laughs> staring at me every single day. So I was like, oh. use me or sell me. Yeah, and I was like, I'm too lazy to I do can't. that. I just can't. And I'm, uh, uh. <laughs> I just speak shit oh. to do. Shit to do. Like a show. Like a show. <laughs> like a podcast. So speaking of computer hardware, this week, among many, many things, but this week does include uh, a big event for computer hardware called Computex, which I would like to cover a little bit more next week because it is still happening. It's happening uh, for the next couple of days. I believe it wrap up, wraps up on the 9th, but basically it's a big, big hardware expo that takes place in Taiwan. And it's it's uh, started uh, yesterday and yeah, go, goes to the 9th and some... Some big players are always there, and so usually some big hardware announcements, and this year is no different. My understanding is that they tend to talk about things like um, a lot of a lot of like server grade hardware, right? Yeah, or, so a little more enterprise than than necessarily um, you know con, you know average consumer, but there's certainly lots of consumer stuff there. Um, yeah. Especially this first uh, chip that we're talking about from Intel. Yes, so Intel came out swinging uh, and announces their Core i7-8086K Coffee Lake coming in at 5 gigahertz, which is the highest that we've ever seen. Uh, I mean, the world, the world has ever seen sold, um, right? I've I've seen overclocks up to five on certain right. models, but that's but, that's out of the gate. Exactly, you're you're out of the box stock um, stock speeds there at five gigahertz, which is crazy. I mean, it's a small bump up, but it's it's enough that I mean, no no one else has that out there right now, and and Intel is obviously wanting to make a big splash because they're feeling. Well, they're feeling pretty competitive these days. That's gorgeous. Yeah, that is just a beautiful. I mean, holy moly! And this is a this is a K too, so ostensibly it is an unlocked processor. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So Which means that you can overclock it, by the way, guys. Exactly. Yeah. So you can go even higher, uh, provided that you have the right setup and are okay voiding your warranty. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Um, so so not really sure what the retail value will be at this point, but there is a sweepstakes that uh, Intel is running. So anytime they run a sweepstakes on this kind of stuff, they have to list what the uh, approximate value is. And so their retail value is probably somewhere around the 425 mark. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. That's actually very aggressively priced. It is. I know. I was thinking the same thing. That's actually really not bad, especially when you look at, you know, what AMD is pumping out and some of their, you know, high, high performance uh cpus are, are doing right now that's actually not that bad so 
Is this a quad core with hyper threading? I think it is. I think it is. But it's kind uh, of sparse, actually. I, I don't can't... want to. Ag- I don't want to agree before. Yeah. I actually see it in writing. <laughs> I, I that's. I can't. I can't find that. I don't know how many cores it comes with. Yeah, this one doesn't say, but. Well, I guess that's a good segue. Uh, so, uh, along with their announcement of of uh, five you gigahertz want cores, CPU, boy? you want cores? You quad core. Shaw. <laughs> 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 L- lunch money. So 2017. <laughs> Intel has announced that coming up in quarter four, they have a 28 core five gigahertz CPU. 28 cores. Whoa, what? 28 28 cores that's a lot of cores what are you gonna do with all those cores i think i'll run 56 threads uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> right in the gate that's what i'll do absolutely so that's i mean that's crazy that's to I mean, what a jump like they man they are feeling the heat they've oh, got they be. must be 28 like, cores that's like what did we i mean that was like last year them having a six-core processor was a big fucking deal, you yeah, know? Yeah. 28. And this is in addition to their previous announcement about their smaller footprint architecture. I think it was seven nanometers, right. um, uh, uh, which is smaller footprint. Things move faster. That This is this is in addition to that. Like the, I mean, that'll be a, a separate CPU, but... Um, so this is a 28-core on, on the current platform. I believe so, yeah. Um, yeah. Man, it's just. <laughs> I mean, we'll see. We'll see what what this can do. But geez, that's that's nuts. And we haven't seen anything like that. I mean, I, I there. I mean, there have been. I've seen um, not even close. Like no, maybe... I've seen like like quad processor servers that you know (laughs) that can get up to that but that's because there's four cpus in the damn thing right now but like to have a single fab that has 30 or or, sorry 28 i'm just blown away but 28 cores on it it's just unbelievable yeah so if you're in the market for some really beefed up cpu action you might want to hang tight for the next story here (laughs) are you saying somebody has outdone 28 cores not to be outdone by intel amd uh in they're they're they have lit the fire they've taken things out of the frying pan things are in the flames they've got a volcano and they're (laughs) going to toss it in there now so intel announced (laughs) this 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 makes me think of like the 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 like razor like um like shaving razor evolution like you thought three blades is crazy try five like oh oh, yes (laughs) so amd is now coming out with a cpu that has 32 cores holy crap which is just I, I, I don't know what to say. And not only is not only is it 32 cores, which is, well, you can do math. It's four more than uh, than the other guy. Uh, they are planning on having that out for release in quarter three, one quarter ahead of Intel. 
Ooh, and long before the holiday season. Take Intel to the burn unit. Oh, damn. That is impressive. God damn, AMD is pulling no punches. Not at all. And and nor should they. I mean, they can't they can't rest on their laurels like they, Yeah, they really can't afford to. No, like, they truly can't. Yeah, their margins are tight. They have to keep it up if they want to stay afloat. And they're doing a good job. I mean, think of where they were 2012, 2011. I mean, they were on the verge of being bought. Like they were not in a good place. No, they weren't. They weren't. And that that includes graphics cards, uh that's that's processors. I mean, across the board, they were, you know, dead last. Yeah. But they've they've really kicked things into high gear and really turned things around. So, um I'm I'm not sure what what this CPU is going to cost. I have to imagine it's going to be pretty expensive, but it might be more competitively cost than it's Intel. Well, I can't I can't say peer because it's 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 got more more oomph, more pizzazz. If last year's any indication when when Intel released an 18 core processor for two grand, AMD priced their 16 core Threadripper at one thousand dollars. Yeah. So they're willing to significantly undercut if they think they've got something that can you know compete, or if not directly compete, steal your attention away, steal your dollars away on a on a uh, sort of horsepower for cent ratio. You know. <laughs> I'm just imagining Intel's marketing department, like, just like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. I know, right? Like, <laughs> we worked so hard. God damn it. <laughs> Good. This is how it should be. I don't want these massive multinational companies to get comfortable ever. I want them to fucking fight for their existence because and fight it makes for my money. It makes everything better for the rest of us. This is how capitalism is supposed to work and how so that's that's some of the really big news from computex again i want to cover some more stuff on that next week but that'll be after the event wraps up and want to make sure we're getting every last detail uh so that we're maximizing what, what's going on over there because it's pretty cool stuff as we invest our personal hours of due diligence to fully understand all of the things coming out of the event we will relay it to you in an easily consumable, less than one hour podcast format. You can bet on that. Mostly less than one hour. Hopefully less than one Hopefully hour. Hopefully less than one hour. <laughs> Where you always try to be less than one hour. You know what they say, right? As California goes, so goes the nation. Well. <laughs> I... Man, I hope so. <laughs> I would love it. Because this is what you call responsible government. Okay. California, like many other states, has decided that the FCC's recent decree on net neutrality isn't really going to work for them. <laughs> that now, doesn't work for me. Remember that California has a larger economy than the United Kingdom. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people and a lot of wealthy people. Yes. And a lot of space and a lot of power in California. Yes, yes, yes. Have you heard of Silicon Valley? 
just a little place. Not the show, the uh, the place. <laughs> <laughs> just a little, little, little wide spot in the road. The Californian Senate passed a net neutrality bill that is rather uh, similar to some of the other net neutrality bills passed by uh, other states in the wake of this decree of the FCC. That means that while the uh, that they call the assembly or the equivalent of their House of Representatives has to vote on it, it's a huge step toward ensuring and enshrining net neutrality as the law of the land in California. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. it's such a huge market, however, that this isn't like brave little Vermont saying, you know what, fuck you, Comcast. Not really the same scale. California commands such a ridiculous amount of cash flow. Yeah, they have some weight to throw around. Quite a bit. Quite a bit. So, as we discussed, God, it's got to be half a dozen or more episodes ago. It is possible that the salvation for all of us in this net neutrality disaster may very well be that the states just pick up the slack that the federal government is incapable of towing. Man, I hope so. Me too. Me too. We shall see. But this is the best and clearest indication yet that that's the way things are going. Time will tell. With bated breath, we will watch. Speaking of the FCC, just a quick little detail that really uh, shouldn't uh, cause too much alarm. I can't fathom why anybody would be upset about this. Yeah, oh, just, yeah. A, a, just a little thorn in my gums. Just a, you know, just a, just, just pulling on the old chain, buddy. Just, you know, <laughs> just, just, you know, just, just. Tickling your 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 ears. I don't think that's a phrase. Well, I don't think thorn in your gums is either. But <laughs> hmm. we must not we're, get out much. We're yeah, we're bad at euphemisms. <laughs> <laughs> Through a Freedom of Information Act release, it has come out that um, perhaps you'll recall when the uh, FCC was trying to make up its mind on uh, net neutrality, they had. Uh, available uh, uh, part of their site you could go to to um, give your opinion. And I did. And I did too. And then they claimed that they were under one of the larger DDoS attacks uh, in their history and their site was brought to its knees as a result of that. We were attacked! We're attacked! We're being hacked! We're being hacked! By popular public opinion. By an 80% consensus. <laughs> However, at that time, a lot of people pointed out that it, gosh, that really seems kind of fishy. It doesn't, your, your, your average doesn't really demonstrate many of the telltale signs that a DDoS attack typically has. Well, through a Freedom of Information Act request, it turns out that it was a lie. Internal emails between executives at the FCC show that they completely fabricated the entire thing. Yes, their site was under high amount of traffic. No, it was not a coordinated, distributed denial of service attack. And what's worse is they are completely aware of the fact that the reporters and general population who are 
reading these statements by the FCC, who are listening to the information provided by the regulatory body that is supposed to protect consumers in matters relating to communications. They knew that people would not understand what they were talking about and deliberately went out of their way to exploit that misunderstanding. Unbelievable. Well, believable, but... Well, this is the universe we live in now. Yes. It's just disgusting, number one. Um, it is beyond, beyond unacceptable for a government body to do this. And, I mean, what's... Do we have a different word for when a national of a particular country works with a body, perhaps a foreign body, that actively seeks to hurt and diminish the quality of life of the people of that country? There's a word. Yes, that, it's, it begins with a T. It begins with a T. It's something, a T something. Just a little light treason. Just a little bit of light, light. It's, it's, it's like, I don't care that this is going with a, a, a private corporation's interests. Like, if, if corporations are people and corporations are beholden to no nation, then I can think of no other descriptor for the way that Ajit Pai and his FCC administration is acting other than treason. So if you are livid about this as we are, uh, and and I, I feel like we throw this disclaimer out every single time we ever talk about the FCC because unfortunately a lot of our technology is so wrapped up in politics right now. But if this bothers you, if it bothers you that a major government organization just straight up lied to you about something as important as your access to the internet, or rather this affects your access to the internet uh, as a utility, November is coming and it's important to go vote. And that's all I'll say. I kind of don't give a fuck anymore. There's I know exactly I'm getting there, one but party that is just... pushing this bullshit and exactly one party that is not. And I am a registered independent, but for fuck's sake, a spade is a spade. No, and it's those true. guys and are I'm, traitors. I'm I'm un what's the word? In in the state that I live in, it's uh un my voting status is like unincorporated. I and I don't know, there's another word for it, but um no, I I, I agree. It's treason. It's <laughs> I mean they need they need to be they need to be in jail. Plain and simple. But unfortunately, for the time being, no one is willing to prosecute them. And I don't think that's going to happen until you go vote if you feel upset about this. Slightly happier news. The WWDC, the Worldwide Developers Conference, the event every year where Apple shows off the latest and greatest of their ecosystem has come and gone once again. Yes, sir. 
and I think there are quite a few mixed feelings about WWDC this 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 time around. Although, although I haven't really paid much attention to it, at least not as much attention to it in the past. I, I feel like mixed feelings are actually kind of a normal thing for Apple's WWDC. They are these days. Yeah, but but maybe maybe not for all the reasons that people might expect but you know we'll 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 definitely be getting into that so so some of the things that they they uh, really focused on so some updates to their ios 12 um uh, uh some some things that uh, are very similar to other products out there uh but i'm trying to think of something specific to, to kind of mention here uh, well the big i think one of the big um big stories Apple was sort of caught in the midst of, of the last year was their oh, operating system downgrading performance of their uh, iOS devices. Oh, yes. As and the battery, the battery issues. Yeah, that's and right. To the point where they were even giving a very cheap battery upgrade out for iPhone 6 users. Yeah. Because it was a problem. <laughs> iOS 12 is pretty specifically meant to counteract that, uh, claiming a huge increase in performance for older devices this seems to be a real um stability and performance focused release perhaps with that in mind um it would uh, uh, sort of shine some light as to why there were uh so few other features announced yeah so i mean some of the things include just just for just for kind of making sure we're, we're listing listing them um things like digital health which is similar to android p's digital well-being you know basically making sure that or if you want to make sure that you are not totally glued to your phone if you want to uh that that is for that um some uh siri something called siri shortcuts uh for for siri which that does look cool uh, yeah actually. looks like uh, a way of sort of building like really what you would call work, uh, kind of amazon echo skills yeah. yes yeah um for sure no and and to to be clear, there's some things because because I actually watched the keynote. Um, I went I went and, and watched it, um, uh, and there were some things that I, I did find interesting. So I don't want to make it seem like I hated everything about this keynote, but there are definitely some issues <laughs> that I think the broader community uh, might might share. But um, and it feels like it, a lot of it has to do with the tone. Yeah. Yeah, and sorry, I just want to get through this this just just list of, of the stuff. Just the sure. The oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So one of the other things was the the Animoji um, development uh, now called Mimoji. That basically you can create an avatar of yourself and have that uh, active as an Animoji, which furries rejoice. I found super unsettling. <laughs> <laughs> I I mean I was sitting there watching the keynote just like. Uh, is this really like <laughs> I felt like I was in some weird Twilight Zone episode of like and this is what we're gonna do with all this technology memojis like what what developer is excited about that <laughs> like, and maybe there are I just like uh, I I, I I'm not a developer. I have no skills in that arena. And I was watching that like, 
uh, this is really fucking weird. <laughs> this is so strange. It's super weird. Yeah, it's it. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> like I'm imagining like being in that room and just like kind of looking around me like, is this for real? Like, where am I? Like, what happened? I bought a ticket to this. What is this? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, so strange. But. But anyway, yeah, the, the series shortcuts thing is is kind of cool. The workflow um, assistant, uh, just just what it allows you to do is is pretty neat. Um, uh, uh, we talk yeah. about things like you can use Google Maps and CarPlay yes, now. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. You can they they're they're um, perpetually unbranding things as I what have you and rebranding them as Apple what have you. So it's no longer iTunes, it's Apple Music. It's no right. longer. Um, this this year, it's no longer iBooks; it's Apple Books, and it's and and um, there's also new news and stocks applications that further use the Apple blank branding. Yeah, it's an interesting. I don't know for a company that used to put I in front of everything. I, it, it's funny to watch them sort of like. Walk that one back a little yeah. bit, you know. <laughs> well, it also it almost becomes a, a parody of itself. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you walk into TJ any TJ Maxx, I feel like that ship has sailed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so true. <laughs> one of the things that gets my uh, my development ears wiggling is the AR kit. Yeah, 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 yeah. That looks really cool. The shared experience thing, the idea that you can have an augmented reality function that is in real time shared with another iDevice is really, really neat. It's that kind is, of like having a collective, cool. like, it, you know, everybody suddenly has the, you know, the ability to share across the planet these, you know, augmented reality experiences. Few and far between, though those experiences are still in 2018. It's right. cool to see the foundation and the building blocks getting better. Yeah, and 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 that technology is neat, and I can see some really cool applications for it. I was a like, and and some of that stuff that they talked about was really cool. The part that that I just just as a as a huge Lego fan, like growing up building legos and still collecting them and still building them so one of the uh, uh augmented reality things that they showed was like uh, uh two people being able to interact on their device with a lego set and it had like missions and games and you could do them together i like it I don't, it broke my heart a little bit like my my childhood heart of like well wait a minute why don't you build that other why don't you do all that stuff with like real legos <laughs> why don't i don't i don't know it 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 was a it was a virtual interaction with a lego set that you built but then never touched again like hmm. that i don't know that that sort of like for kids that got under my skin a little bit but um That's everything else cute. i thought was really cool it's funny um i my mind goes to um what's the um you are super hot on it. The uh, uh, Nintendo product that is, it's like oh, these, uh, um, Labo. cardboard. Labo, Labo right. Yeah. Like the cardboard editions that you can, you build and sort of origami into shape and then yeah. you can use them with the Switch. It feels like 
the opposite direction from that well yeah it's more it's it feels to me much more interactive Lab, labo does uh, yeah. as, a, as opposed to like i'm imagining like a, just just a theater of the mind Pl- play in my space for for a minute here you're you you're a parent you have you have uh, uh maybe you have one one kid who's like you know six or seven maybe eight years old and they have a friend come over and you know they built this new lego set um, but instead of like playing with other legos or playing with a lego set they bust out an ipad and they're both standing in front of the lego set interacting with the lego in augmented reality on their device and that's how they're interacting with that and with each other and and so i mean do me some people may listen to that and say oh i mean what's wrong with that i just personally me that no <laughs> that, that that gets under my skin i i don't like that i feel like there's nothing intrinsically wrong with it it's just that like it feels like it takes away from imagination which is why it's sort that's of that's why it bothers me negative... yeah, sorry, sorry. You, i'm not putting it into words very well that's exactly why it bothers me yeah it's it's not the it's not the thing it's the fact that you, you you're sort of taking away from a, a an imaginative experience which you know i mean it just it 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 feels like there's this um, a stunning new technology and that like this ar this augmented reality technology is really quite amazing especially with the cameras they're oh, slapping sure. in those iPhones but Absolutely. like it just feels like that's one of the lesser imaginative ways to use it agreed no, no. and it's Ag- agreed it, it's like there's so much more and especially from this presentation which it made me feel like the days before the app store was a thing mm-hmm. when apple was more of a software company sure because a lot of this was about the software features that they're building in not a oh, lot yeah. no hardware no By the way zero guys, hardware if you were hoping for a new macbook pro or a new iphone or ipad or a mac pro especially no nah, no nah, yeah, which is, I mean, this is a separate thing, but I find that interesting given their their pending what lawsuits with the keyboard <laughs> issue. Awful keyboards on those MacBooks. Yeah, it that seems interesting. I I will say I did look over just just some some quick overviews on Wikipedia about past. Um, WWDCs, and mm-hmm. this is not the first year that they've had no hardware. In fact, uh, that's true. Two thousand fourteen, fifteen. And seventeen, I think there was no new hardware. That is that is true. But it's still, especially in the light of what I just said with the key, keyboard issues, and that it's just kind of interesting in general that they are seem seem to be much more software focused. Of course, just got to point out that Steve Jobs died in the end of twenty eleven. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. And yeah. prior to that, it was unheard of. Right. <laughs> interesting. It's a good segue into the new Mac OS. Too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so Mac OS Mojave. Mac OS Mojave. Mojave, Mojave, Mojave. So they're doubling down on dark mode, which is I always like to see. They've left the mountains. They've left the mountains. <laughs> into they're the desert. Into the desert. Oh, uh, what an Doubling analogy. down on dark mode. They are moving the update feature out of the App Store back into the Apple menu. Um, and okay what else (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah they're dropping fucking open gl support 
Yes. That's insane. Yes, which I think... That's insane! Which I think... I mean, that... Not that they ever supported it very well in the first place. No, but to come out straight up and say, no, we're not supporting that anymore. I think that actually really sets starts to set the tone for this this conference that so many developers i i feel like really rely on that open source just general open sourceness i'm so sorry i'm not a developer (laughs) but um i feel like that really sets the tone for how apple is treating developers that they want to work for them and work on their platforms i mean from the development perspective i mean there's always some secret sauce right when you're making something you you, sure you've got something that you might choose to hold back not open you know whatever it is to 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 sort of like perpetuate your business model and thusly your existence Uh, but there's no question (laughs) that it's vastly easier and vastly more pleasurable if you're allowed to use the code that has been battle tested and known to work by thousands if not millions of people in your applications so that you can have a fine product at the end of it um mm-hmm. you know there's a lot of creativity that is inspired by the fact that you can simply take different blocks and put them together and yield a different result and and you know see what that brings you I am not going to pretend that OpenGL was the prettiest of APIs. (laughs) And I am not going to pretend that it is pleasant to work with. I mean, that's just, no. But it was the open standard. Exactly. It it sets a tone. And it also, I mean, it it also sets the tone for for some reason that, you know, Apple does not want to uh, support Vulkan either. No, they don't. They have Metal, which did come, if I'm not mistaken, and, and, and somebody correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I think I'm right. I believe Metal came from Mantle. I believe there is some either shared lineage or, or it was inspired by, and if you remember, Mantle was AMD's uh, a, a big competitor to OpenGL and mm-hmm. DirectX, right? It's the thing that eventually evolved to become Vulkan. Got or, it. Eventually. So at some point, that sort of split, and, and Apple kind of ran with it. And now, of course, it's wholly different and, and not, you know, it's not the, the same thing. But this is all, I'm just saying this to, to show, like, it, it was all there, man. <laughs> <laughs> It's all there. I mean, I just, I don't understand. Apple could have said, okay, we're going to do metal. Or they could have said, how about we let everybody else work really hard on it and just sort of enjoy the fruits of that. I don't, I don't, know. Be- I don't be- know. Because it would exist outside of their direct control. Yeah, no, that's that's it. That's it right there. That is it right there. And Which has always been Apple's thing. I mean, yes. It's just... <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, yes. To their detriment, in my opinion. Well, I think it's... it's. I think people are getting a little fed up. I mean, at, at some point, like, when you... When, you know... <sighs> Apple, like, has forever been known 
as the creative platform, right? If you're going to make music or video or you're going to, to create something, Apple always wanted to position themselves and provide tools for those people. Uh-huh. How many years of ignoring that crowd have to go by before people just say, okay, well, I guess I got to do something else. Like the last Mac Pro came out in 2013. Mm-hmm. And that's the garbage can. Figuratively <laughs> and literally. literally. Like, it's it's a, it's a piece of shit. And it's and it, it it's it's a completely proprietary format and hardware design and like oh I mean it's an incredibly limited device that nobody liked and very few people purchased. Right. And prior to that, it had been I don't know, half a decade or more since the previous Mac Pro. People are dying for a fucking Macintosh that they can just put a card into and take out eventually, that they can upgrade over time. But that's just that's just not what they're, they're doing anymore. Not gonna get it. Yeah. Now, and that's not to say like Macs are terrible. That's not to say Apple is terrible. This is like, you know, understand, friends, that you know, we we come from a particular perspective, right? We come from a perspective that sort of you know i don't want to speak for you but i think it it holds that like we want to see the power end up in the hands of the user we yes. want you to make your choices and with that in mind you know you're certainly free by all means buy an apple device little secret about a third of our listeners right now are listening to this on an iphone Truth. and guess what that's that's fine that's cool I, I mean I I don't care at yeah, all. Yeah, I'm not I'm not I'm not a purist. I don't I don't really care what devices you use or or want to listen on or operate on or do whatever it is that you do with your technology. I don't care if you want to do it on an Apple product. I just yeah, I I I I think Chris and I are on the same page. I I think we come from that camp of of folks that we're not purists, but I want I want to tinker. (laughs) I want to be able to upgrade and I want to have a little bit of control. And, and that's just not what Apple products offer. Well, at some point doesn't like, I mean, when is your creativity stifled by a corporation that's continually pushing into a more consumer? Well, they're creative for you, Chris. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and there it is. Right. I mean, like, uh case in point you know when when um that ar kit ar kit 2 you know uh they were showing that off mm-hmm. and the very first thing that they show is the killer app that you build with it right yeah. <laughs> and it's like okay well so that's not a thing that somebody else is gonna okay, make okay so i and can't do that because i can't do anything done. like that you know it i mean and 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 i you know i think about um you know my pals who are making uh music or making audio you know or or, or making video like and I'm and I'm thinking like, oh my god, you know, like, what if you are into 4K right now? Your answer is, I can buy a three thousand dollar MacBook Pro and have throttling and heat issues, or I can buy a more than three thousand dollar iMac Pro <laughs> <laughs> with a 5K screen that you can't upgrade, like. Yes, it's a compelling offering if you stack up the components that ship today. What about next year? What about like in five years? 
you know is the answer just like wow you just buy a new mac and it's like well i <laughs> i need to eat too man yeah, it's like in <laughs> the con- feed my fucking family in the and also in the context of this conference it's like well i'm a, a fledgling developer and i don't have i have one tiny little app out there and i don't have thousands of dollars to spend on your goddamn mac whatever <laughs> like and 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 so i i think I think that uh, what what we're getting at is, and and what I, I think is the the main thing here, and why I think other people are a little upset is that, and again, I am not a developer, so I certainly don't want to speak out of turn. But watching this and watching all of the things that they want, you know, that they're updating and are presenting, I was really struck by. I tried to put myself in the mind of a developer because this is called the Worldwide Developer <laughs> Conference. So I tried to put myself in that chair, in that seat, in that mindset, in those shoes. And I was really struck by this didn't seem like a conference for developers. And in fact, in fact, so the the keynote is about two hours and 16 minutes long. The first few minutes are are kind of a a tongue in cheek, Dave Attenborough-esque, you know, developers are these wild creatures, you know, that need to be studied and they have odd attributes and habits and, you know, whatever. It's kind of funny, but. I guess it depends on your perspective. I've, no, heard, some people, I've, I've heard some people who are very insulted by it. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's a little pedantic. condescending. Yeah. It's very condescending. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I was really struck. I, I, I watched the whole thing and I noticed that the word developer got used, I think three times before the two hour mark. It was at the beginning when they announced the name of the event, it was when they uh, talked about dark mode um, and saying, oh, your developer, you know, your code looks really great in dark mode. <laughs> and then I didn't really hear it again until about the two hour mark where then they started to talk about here are the things that you can do with the the UI kit, um, kind of some cross functionality between Mac OS and iOS and that sort of thing. And man, that's like, for the worldwide developer conference to he- just 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 to hear the word developer that few times i think says a lot about what apple's focus is here and i don't think it's on the developer despite the name of this event and and what they say their focus is on and i don't think it's the developer no i i think you're right and i think that that is okay in the sense that like they are allowed to do whatever they want with their product line and ecosystem and 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 if that's the direction they want to go that's just fine. fine but understand that it comes at the to the detriment of a group of people who have been working in a particular way for a very long time and it's a it feels like a bait and switch. It just feels like this, you know, Apple is running away in this particular direction and they're just leaving behind all of these people whose blood, sweat, and tears have gone into making sure that they are the richest company in the world. Yep. <laughs> so it 
feels a little disingenuous, Agreed. shall we say. Yeah, I would agree. And again, that's not to say that you, you know, if you've got work to do and you do it on a Mac and that works for you. And you're real awesome, excited dude. about Memojis, then, yeah. then, <laughs> then that's then you, great. You do you. And and I don't I don't I, I, I honestly mean that. I'm not saying that I, I there's a little bit of sarcasm, but <laughs> but genuinely, if that's what ticks your boxes, cool. Like that's 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 great. There are tons of things that tick my boxes that I think people would be like that's stupid but i just i couldn't help but feel bad for someone who's been writing in swift for years and to go and like they're excited they get a ticket to this conference sit in that chair and watch this and i just i would feel a little heartbroken to be honest i just <laughs> would feel like i don't have any future doing this shit yeah no exactly <laughs> <laughs> it's like okay and okay. i Unless there's another thing that you wanted to mention, I think that's actually a pretty good segue into the other big news from this week. I have one other yeah. bow to put on it. Um, if cool. you, uh, somewhere toward the end of the conference, it was uh, asked they, on stage, they said, so, are iOS and macOS merging? Yes. And they put a big thing up on the screen. Nope. Right before they debuted what is called UIKit, which is a cross-platform <laughs> application development paradigm where Wait. you can write write once and reuse on both iOS and macOS devices. So I think perhaps we all missed the asterisk at the end of that big nope up on screen. It says, nope. It didn't this just say no. It like, the no like landed and there was dust underneath it. Like Right. <laughs> I'm going to see if that's true in 2020. Yeah. Because I kind of don't think it will be. Microsoft. Microsoft and a little unknown company called Github. <laughs> Github. Github. Holy shit, Colin. The internet is on fire. Once again, and depending on which version of reality you subscribe to, you're either ecstatic, you're furious, you're terrified, or eh, a combination different. of some of those. Yeah. <laughs> so Microsoft has confirmed that it is acquiring GitHub for $7.5 billion. With a B! With a B, with a big old B in stock. So if you are, uh, if, if, if you don't know, um, which, which I, I imagine some of our listeners uh, don't. So GitHub is a big, giant repository for all of the code that uh, people write in order to create uh, applications, apps. That's right. That's right. You can have public repos or you can have private repos. So public ones for your open source code you want the world to see, private ones for your closed source code that are your secret sauce that you don't want the world to see. Yes. And so a lot of people use it. A lot of people. A lot of people. <laughs> yes. I use um, it. In fact, uh, uh, there are 85 million repositories 
repos hosted on GitHub, and there are 28 million developers that contribute to them. Mm, that sounds that sounds about right. I I I'm think I'm thinking about. I think I have two public repos, and I I'm I work on four, three, three, three private ones usually. All right on. So it's you know that's I'm one guy. That's five. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so this is a big deal. Um, we have a major corporation that. Uh, contributes quite a bit to the developer industry and developer development. <laughs> um, and they have bought the biggest repository of developer code. Just to put it in plain, hopefully layman's terms there, that that's what's going on. That's, that's, that's a pretty, uh, yeah, I'd say that's a good top level of what this is. Yeah. It sounds, for something that, you know, Microsoft is buying a company. I mean, it sounds like, oh, okay, Microsoft kind of does that a lot, right? And it's true, they do. However, this is a real departure from the Microsoft that 90s kids will remember. Yeah, for sure. The kind of scary <laughs> uh, anti-open source Microsoft of, of your the Microsoft that considered Linux and the GPL at large a cancer. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh man, what a what a pivot. And and that I mean that right there I think really strikes at the heart of why there are a good number of people who are not happy about this. There is a lot of backlash. I've seen a lot of people and a lot of projects finding other places to host their code as a result of this. Yeah, like GitLab, I believe, is a big... People oh, are yeah. migrating a lot of their stuff over there. Yeah, and GitLab is great. If you've never looked at it, I highly recommend checking it out. There's a lot of cool features. I think I like it a little bit more than GitHub, honestly, because sure. of the... Um, they give you on their free tier. So you can host it yourself, unlike GitHub. But you can also have a free account on their site and they give you a whole bunch of free continuous integration um, and like testing hours on their sure. engine that they've developed, which is really pretty cool. Actually, that's like, you know, as somebody who's sat around waiting for code to be deployed to the master site after having worked <laughs> on the project weeks previous, it's, you know, it's a pretty cool thing. Right on. It's a pretty cool thing, but I mean, GitHub is just the de facto, you know? It's like the Facebook for developers, for sure. lack of a better term. It's a social network. It's a way to browse code, a way to work on code, merge code, handle pull requests, that whole thing. Um, you know what I mean when I say pull requests? The, I don't. It's, um, it's, it's, it's a funny backwards term for a thing that just means um, when I... Let's say I look at your code and I fix a bug. Um, I would make a request for you to pull my code into your code base got it to, to merge it so a pull request is not uh, a, a a communal masturbation uh, inquiry <laughs> <laughs> it is it is the, the just the process by which you alert the developer that you have code that you'd like to merge into their project gotcha yeah 
And GitHub makes stuff like that really easy. They just have a nice graphical user interface on top of that. Yeah, um, and with, with all that being, well, a lot of it being open source, I imagine lots of requests like that and just make facilitating right. that in a really great way. Of course, it's worth mentioning at this juncture that GitHub itself is not open source. No, it is a privately owned company. It is a privately owned company, and it is a privately held code base. Yes. The code that powers GitHub itself is not available for the public. That's interesting. Which a lot of people <laughs> kind of forget when they're getting on their, you know, putting on their open source crusader hats. <laughs> I don't fully understand it, honestly, because it, I mean, it's always been an irony of the platform that, you know, the largest source of open source code was itself closed source. <laughs> yes, an irony that I think is lost on a lot of people. Yeah, I don't think that was even, yeah, I, I think most people don't understand that. Because Git itself, by the way, Git, if you're if you're not familiar, is a is a is version control software. So it lets uh, it lets developers manage the changes that they make to their code. Like you know, as you can imagine, when you're talking about you know thousands or hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of lines of code, perpetual control S just doesn't work mm. anymore. Yeah, and you need to be <laughs> able to have you know, branches and versions and try things. And, and Git is the tool that does all of that. Another little known fact, it was Linus Torvald's other big project. The, the reaction actually, I think, is not commensurate with the action. I really think that. I don't know that Microsoft if Microsoft is going to be a good steward of this platform. I really don't know. I can't predict the future. I am really aware and cautious of the Microsoft of old, the old em embrace, extend, extinguish yes. philosophy. <laughs> very familiar with that and very weary of it. But <sighs> compared to the other people that could have bought github uh i mean i i, I really i mean I, again from my limited developer background by limited i mean non-existent i've 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 read arguments for both sides of of of, of the coin here and i think microsoft was your best bet <laughs> i i really do if your alternative was google and it was uh, they were the other big company trying to buy github right Think about that. I... You know, it's not just it's not just the site. It, it, it is it's access to all of the code. You know? <laughs> and to that extent, I just I, I can't help but feel like, yeah, Google would have been a an even scarier choice. Skynet would have been live in like an hour. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like that's that, that's that's a, a a little much, and I'm not. I don't know, man. I I feel like I I I don't I don't want to defend Microsoft here, but like, <laughs> you know, they've open sourced PowerShell, and 
Visual Studio Code. Yeah, and JavaScript at, Engine. For for Edge, right, yeah. exactly. And they've brought they do the uh, Ubuntu on Windows 10. Or I the, have it. I have it on. I have it on here. Yeah. It, it, exactly. It's like, <laughs> I mean. They've laid the groundwork for the transition that you kind of predicted and we've seen some evidence of that this is seems to really be the direction that Microsoft is moving in. Today, there is no Windows department at Microsoft. Yeah. It doesn't exist. Divided it up. It, it's been shared amongst, you know, other branches within Microsoft, but there's no guiding force. There's no shepherd of Windows anymore. That's not a thing. They don't prioritize Windows high enough to warrant its own management division. Wow. Think about that. <laughs> like, that's just not where they're at anymore. It's a weird, you know, we've talked about that weird dichotomy of them, it be, of it being one of the most deployed platforms in history, and yet dwindling in the eyes of the maintainers, right? Right. Uh, today, the only operating system that Microsoft has a division dedicated to is actually, drum roll please, Linux. <laughs> it's Linux. It's Azure. It's 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 Azure Sphere is the name of the OS. It's that Internet of Things operating system that gives you ten years of support for your Internet of Things devices if they run on Azure. Remember that one? Yes. That's Linux, and that, friends, is Microsoft's future. Yeah. I don't know what this means for GitHub. I'm not saying keep your code on GitHub. In fact. It, even you know, even if everything goes perfectly, I still recommend checking out some of the alternatives because there's some really cool stuff out there. If for no other reason that I, I I feel like to have some redundancy, I mean, I feel like that can't hurt, right? Well, yeah, but and 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 therein lies the rub. And I'm gonna quote uh, Michael Dominic from the Coda Radio program uh, in this instance because I I just think it 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 it's the truth and it says it so perfectly, but. If you are relying on on GitHub to be your backup, you're you're doing Git wrong. <laughs> like it's a distributed decentralized system yep. meant to be across several machines, meant to be a decentralized thing that you can use across the planet. So don't centralize it on GitHub. <laughs> so what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> like, gotcha. So GitHub will still uh, will be uh, led by uh, CEO uh, Nat Friedman, uh, the founder of Xamarin. Yes, yes. Xamarin, if, if you're not familiar with that, is the uh, development paradigm for writing applications that work on both iOS and Android. Yeah. Another of Microsoft's recent acquisitions. Right. <laughs> so beyond the, just the general you know, just uh, unease of Microsoft's past and what they might do with the future of, of, of GitHub. Uh, there there are some specific things that I think, uh, uh, you know, I, I think are worth mentioning that people are worried about. Just some kind of uh, uh, examples of, of what people might be worried about. So one of the examples that I found, um, and, and one of the examples that I found was um, the, the case of like Xbox emulators. So a lot of those are hosted on, on GitHub. These are homemade programs. Um, they uh, allow people to play games that are not normally available. And, and you know, uh, uh, X, uh, Microsoft owns Xbox. So they're losing money 
when people play those games on these emulators instead of buying the systems and the games that you need to run them, would they crack down on that? I'm going to just, I'm just going to, they're, they're using the losing theoretical well, money on yes, platforms they but no longer support. Would they go as far as to do that? It's certainly within their rights as the owners of the platform, would you well, not say? Well, that's, that's the question. Like, yeah. that's, that's the issue that these are the type of conflict of interest that I think people are worried about. Right. Or things like uh, uh, where, you know, people host uh, repositories of, you know, coding that allows them to circumvent a country's uh, uh, blocks, like on, on Internet traffic, like, say, like a country like China. Uh, where Microsoft might have some business dealings, they might not allow those repositories to continue to exist that allow those people to circumvent those those internet blocks. I think that's another big concern that people have. Remember recently their uh, court case that they fought against the United States uh, for being compelled to give up personal information of a, of a customer that was stored in Ireland and belong to a, 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 a foreign national. Mm -hmm. They fought that tooth and nail until the law was changed. And once the law changed, and ostensibly their legal department said, okay, that's that. Yeah. The law says we got to do it. They completely complied. Yeah. So that's, that's, you know, that's a fair concern. That's a fair concern. Yeah. So I, I felt like it was just worth mentioning um, that... You know, there are some potential conflicts of interest. And I think also quoting Michael Dominic, is that yeah. uh, um, him and, and his co-host, Chris um, Fisher. Thank you, Chris Fisher uh, on the on the Coder radio radio uh, uh, pod <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I just wrote a radio <laughs> podcast. I am Will Shatner thank you for listening. Uh no, um, I just started listening to this podcast, which is why I'm like, Chris, fill in the blanks. <laughs> <laughs> they made a joke about you know uh, developers uh, uh, pretty much having their resume, <laughs> you know, of work hosted on GitHub. Microsoft just kind of reaching out and saying, "Hey, like we like your stuff. You should come work for us." I know, like, right? Talk about <laughs> having the, the, the best candidate <laughs> pool on the planet, you know? <laughs> yeah. So. Just some some con big big conflicts of interest that I think people are really worried about, and uh, I, I can share sympathy with that. However, I, I think you you had a host of devils vying for control of this this company, and GitHub was going to sell. Like they were yes. not sustainable. To they, be clear, they made money, yes. but they were not sustainable. They. We're very close to not having much money anymore, <laughs> right? And their and their options were have another i you know we'll uh, be, become an IPO, uh, mm -hmm. do another round of venture capitalism funding, VC funding, or sell. And there are lots of risks that come along with the first two, the IPO and VC uh, uh, funding. And there. I think the risks of those two far outweighed the potential drawbacks of, of selling to Microsoft. And again, the, 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 the devil, the devil, you know, or know a little bit better than the devils you don't, which was Google and Amazon. I think we have to wait and see. 
I think that this deal is going to take the better part of 2018 to actually shake out. It could be it could be undone at this point. Like, you know, I mean, it's it's I mean, I don't think it will be, but like, you know, things can happen. And I don't know that we're going to really have an idea as to what's going on until sometime next year. Sometime yeah. in 2019, we'll start to see like, okay, what does GitHub look like now? What are the right, Microsoft influences now? Right around the time that Mojave will be actually open to <laughs> everybody else. Oh, damn. <laughs> I had to throw that in there. <laughs> oh, damn. But let's, you know, let's try to cool it on the outrage, friends. Let's try to take a deep breath, you know, and just see what happens. I use an open source code editor every single day. It's called Visual Studio Code. And you know what? It's great. It's great. And I couldn't get my work done without it. So, and guess what? I use it on Linux every single day. Damn, son. Like, and you know what? That's it. <laughs> Nobody cares. <laughs> We're all going to live. Everything's fine. So, let's just let things happen and see and if you are concerned about this then i would recommend learning how to be less reliant on centralized web services because it's totally possible in fact these tools were designed that way in the first place and uh you know maybe it's true maybe microsoft's a different company now maybe you know maybe things are better they, i mean you know they might still they might have the best of intentions and 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 still screw it up and still screw it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they could completely honor the open source roots. Fuck, they might even open source GitHub, which actually they should do if they want to if they oh, want to keep really, developers yeah, on their side. They really exactly. should do that. But they could do that and still ruin the platform, not because they didn't want to do it well, but because they might be incompetent. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> entirely possible entirely possible but we won't know for probably another year to be honest and in the meanwhile we got code right so let's get at it and get excited for e3 (laughs) that's right because if nothing else even if your code hosting repository of choice goes away somebody is making awesome code for video games (laughs) that's right and we get to play it yes so so E3 is this weekend. Unfortunately, our 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 you know coverage of it will be about a week later, but it means you'll benefit from the the, the fermented insight. The mulling. Right? That's right. We'll <laughs> mull it over. You guys should see the conversations Colin and I have over you know texts that don't make it into the show. Sometimes I wish we could just publish that because you know we're constantly going at it about stuff when the microphone's off too. Absolutely, yeah. This a, a lot of stuff happens out uh, off off the uh, off the air here, as it were. Colin, I have friends. We talk. We talk. We talk. You know, we talk. Coffee talk. <laughs> so E three this weekend, we'll have a lot to talk about. Uh, I am most excited for hopefully an announcement on CD Projekt Red's Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, and then they did trademark it. Yes. Exactly. And then, of course, Bethesda's Fallout 76. Despite my apprehension and my extremely cautious optimism, I am still excited. I am planning on watching their their presentation. Um, they also, I, I keep 
we I've glossed over this every time like the past couple weeks we've like talked about video gaming. Bethesda has another space sci-fi RPG in the hopper. It's called Starfield. And people are pretty sure that that's what's going to be announced also this weekend. I'd say that's a good bet. Yeah. In my understanding, again, we have no details, but it is the rumors put it in the same realm as Elder Scrolls and Fallout. Dude, I mean, I'm game. I'm I'm in. <laughs> I'm still so, waiting for Star Citizen, so anything yeah. that kind of keeps me there, keeps it holds me over, you know. Oh, brother, I get email updates from those folks. <laughs> it's I feel like we're going to do like there's going to be like a like an anthropological study of of you know star citizen crowdfunding and that entire thing because it's absolutely it's truly a fluke it is truly an outlier it's incredible um well we'll cover that another day <laughs> that's right when we know and we've done our hours of due diligence to understand this stuff we'll bring it to you as we do every single week hey have you noticed we've been consistent for months now Releasing the episode every single Monday for months. And we're going to keep doing that because we love you. And how. I'm going to pat myself on the back. I think you should. I'm going to pat myself on the back, though I dare say you've done a lot more of the editing than I have. No, I, I ultimately, like, there's a tiny bit of my brain that's like, oh, work. But ultimately, I really, I actually like doing it. Editing's I like, fun. Yeah, I, I, like editing the, fun. I like the tediousness of it. I know that sounds crazy, but, like, I like how, like, grainy it is <laughs> oh totally the only time that audio editing isn't fun is at midnight on sunday fair enough <laughs> <laughs> well folks this has been wonderful thank you so much for listening uh if you'd like to get in touch with us we really would love to hear from you uh whether it's uh on twitter uh my handle is at kali ollie 11 and i'm at fluxola let me spell that for you f-l-u-x-o-l-a Mine is self-explanatory. And then we have our joint Twitter, at CastTheShine. We uh, check us out on Facebook. We don't post there as often as we should, but it does exist. Our website, ShinyPodcast.com. But we would love it if you emailed us with any tips or things you'd like us to talk about or, geez, corrections. <laughs> Hello at ShinyPodcast.com. We are always so excited to be with you every single week, and I want you to know that last night, I thought about you guys right before I fell asleep, and it made me warm and fuzzy. I had a good dream. It's great. I just, I just like, oh, our listeners, ah, oh, they're wonderful. That's Thank beautiful. You. That's it was. Beautiful. Great. In the dreamland, I went. <laughs> well, sweet dreams, everybody, and thank you so much for listening.
it's a it's an eGPU future, dude. I really think so. Oh, damn it. That was one of the other cool things that I, I heard like like heard when I was listening to the WWDC was that they are adding support for eGPUs. Oh. Well, good for them. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> 